What's up, you guys? Welcome to another episode of Constance the Podcast. I'm your host, Constance Annan. Okay, today's episode is going to be completely different. We're taking it like way back, 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 back. And I'm doing a story time. All right, I'm actually reading a new book. It's called Black Privilege. And then the subtitle is Opportunity Comes to Those Who Create It. It's by Charlemagne the God. When I posted that I was reading it, Ashley was like, mm, you read the book by Charlemagne the God. Okay, really weird book selection. It was honestly either going to be Char- um, the Charlemagne the God book or it was going to be Viola Davis's new book. Um, I listened to the samples. I always listen to like the audiobook samples. And Viola Davis's, I don't know if it's Viola or Viola, I'm sorry, but Viola Davis's sample actually sounded really good. But something in me was like, do Charlemagne the God. I think I was pulled towards Charlemagne the God simply because he is a, he has a um, career in, radio so it's just similar to me so anyways yes I am reading the book I'm not far in the book and he gets to talking about how he was always trying to fit in and it resonated it resonated with me it actually started to bring back memories that I had completely thrown to the back of my mind and just buried y'all know actually as I always say the memories were in a coma all right so I just completely forgot about these memories and I think that as I was listening to him talk and I sat and I reflected on my own memories I just I am just so grateful (laughs) for my growth. Okay, so he was talking about fitting in, and I can recall several different times in my life as a child where I was constantly trying to fit in. First and foremost, I think I've told y'all, I used to have a lot of white friends. I went to a predominantly white school. The school wasn't necessarily predominantly white, but I was in a gifted and talented program. That program alone was predominantly white, right? So all of my classmates were white. I think there were probably a total of three black kids in the whole program and I think there were only three classes within the program and you know in elementary school you stay in that one class forever so three black kids three classes one black kid per class type of thing and then let's get into it the black kids in the classes there was me so I'm African we got another girl she was mixed I believe she was mixed and she was adopted and then not that the adopted thing mattered but I think she had white parents okay <laughs> um I think I'm not sure and then the other black girl that was in the class she wasn't in my class but she was in one of the gifted and talented program classes she was black definitely black she just didn't have like the the coarse forcey hair and I just didn't feel like I related to her that's besides the point she was a dark same beautiful girl all them beautiful okay that's besides the point anyway so I was hanging out with a lot of white kids um I didn't see any problem hanging out with white kids. I thought white kids were cool. I actually didn't see color. I remember the first time color became apparent to me was when I got to the school, got to this program, and I realized that, okay, I'm the only black kid in the in this class. Um, I joined the gifted and talented program around the third grade. And so for kindergarten, first and second grade, I was in a pretty diverse classroom, right? So color didn't really mean anything to me. Again, I get to the gifted and talented program and boom, I'm seeing a whole bunch of white kids, but the white kids are cool. I was a little bit shy. I'm actually a very shy person. I remember being so shy to the point where I would spend recess hanging out with the teachers and the teachers, I think were getting, I don't think they were annoyed with me, but I think they felt so bad for me that they would say like, you literally, you have to go and converse with the other children, go make friends. I remember I had recess with my older brother or when my class would come out to recess, he would be finishing up recess. And I would look and I would see him having fun, vibing with the other kids, playing kickball specifically. And I, I would think to myself, dang, I wish that could be me. But I tell you guys, I am a shy person. I'm an introvert and it, introvert Constance was definitely at her prime (laughs) in 
um, third grade, fourth grade, fifth in elementary school, right? So it was a new school. I think I assumed that because I was darker skinned or because I was black, none of them could relate to me. I didn't think I could relate to them. I thought that maybe they didn't like me. I don't know. I just didn't fit in. And I never had the urge to go talk to people because it just wasn't easy. It wasn't easy for me to make friends even when I was at the diverse school. Um, I was constantly picked on. If not picked on, I was constantly just left out of things. Uh, so we're right now we're talking about third grade. Want to do a quick story. Uh, in the second grade, I had some black friends. I remember I had one black friend. She was actually African. She was from Nigeria. And I was it Nigeria. She was from Nigeria or Sierra Leone. I think she was both, actually. Regardless, she was African. I loved that. I felt like, okay, cool. We could vibe. Um, but she started, like, being mean to me, leaving me out of things. So, y'all know, that was around the time Cheetah Girls came out. If you don't know who the Cheetah Girls are, you are uncultured, get cultured. I think everybody knows who the Cheetah Girls are, okay? Every girl wanted to be a part of the Cheetah Girls. We would go to recess, and we would sing the Cheetah Girls songs. The girl that I'm telling you that uh, we're going to call her Susie, okay? So Susie was, like, the ringleader of the pack. Yes, she she took it upon herself to be the ringleader. Y'all remember in elementary school, there's, like, cliques, and, and somebody always tries to be the leader of the clique. There is no appointed leader. Just somebody takes it upon themselves to act like they lead, right? So Susie... I don't know. It was like she would like me sometimes, but she wouldn't like me other times. Anyways, Cheetah Girls came out. One day she's like, you can hang with us, but in order to hang out with us, you have to be able to sing. This is crazy considering we were friends like the other day. Like the day before we were friends, this day she decided, okay, you can't hang out with us unless you can sing the song. You got to be real good at singing. So uh, I challenged her to singing. I sang a couple of songs. I remember I sang um, <laughs> what, what, Cinderella by Cheetah Girls. My mama used to tuck me into bed and she read me a story. I lie in bed and think about the person that I wanted to be. All right, I'm singing the Cheetah Girls song. They're like, okay, you got to sing another song. I'm sitting here frantic like, okay, what song do I sing now? What song do I sing now? Mind you, I'm the only one singing. Ain't nobody singing. Okay, today. <laughs> The next song I can think of is, um, what song is this? The next song I can think of is a song from The Fighting Temptations. I don't know if y'all ever seen the movie The Fighting Temptations. Um, I sang a song from The Fighting Temptations and the girls, it was like a three, three group of, it was a three girl group, not including me, right? So the three girls get together, they, um, deliberate and then they're like, you can't be a part of the group. So they all step off. I remember I was so sad that recess. Before all of them step off, one of the girls turns and she was like, look, girl, you can sing, but she said you can't be a part of the group, so you can't be a part of the group. And she walks off. And that was the first time that I remember trying to fit in, trying to have friends. Okay, boom. So let's get back to third grade. So I struggled with fitting in and um, before I get to the Gift and Talented program. Now I'm in the Gift and Talented program, and I just assume I'm going to go through the same bullshit. People aren't going to like me. So I keep to myself. I hang out with white people for a long time. I ended up making friends, right? Shout out to them girls. I'm going to say their name. Shout out, because I really did fuck with them. Shout out to Carly. Shout out to Maxine. Shout out to Corinne. Shout out to Katie P. It was a bunch of white girls that I really fucked with. Like, I fucked with these girls hard. This is all in elementary school. Shout out to you guys. You guys are all beautiful souls. Still cool. Still follow them on the internet. Like, still have love for them. Wishing them the best. Okay. We were cool. Um, I think at this point, in time, I didn't really feel like I had that. No, I was getting ready to say, I didn't feel like I had to fit in, but I definitely did used to lie. I told you guys I would lie about having a, a dog. 
because all the white kids had dogs. And I didn't have a dog, so I was like, okay, let me fit, let me say something. We had a dog, like, in Ghana, but it wasn't my dog, but I just claimed it as my dog. It was my aunt's dog in Ghana, but I was like, all right, I'll just tell them I have a dog so I can fit in because all the white people have dogs. I don't have one. I got, I can't seem weird. I was already not allowed to, like, hang out with them outside of school. My parents didn't allow me to do um, sleepovers or anything like that. So I could only hang out with these girls at school. So I had to, I did my best to make it seem like I was worthy of fitting in with the girls, even though I couldn't do the play dates and things like that. Ooh, girl, I used to lie about just the dumbest stuff to fit in. Spring breaks would come up. Y'all know I tell you, I come from low-income home. We ain't got nothing. We ain't did much. I told them one time that I went to um, Hawaii for vacation. I used to just lie. I used to lie a lot to fit in. All right, this is elementary school, right? All right. We get to... Let me not forget. Not only was I trying to fit in with them, but when I would go home, I lived in a predominantly low-income area, a bunch of black kids. Whenever I could go to the playground... The black kids did not like me. They didn't accept me. They make fun of me. They tell me I talked white. Um, I tell you guys, I come from a home that that um, focused a lot on education. Education was important to my parents. You had to read books. You had to to find words in the dictionary and write out the definitions. Like my parents were big on education, and I didn't see a problem with it. That, that was all that I was exposed to. I was cool with it. But when I got to hanging around black kids, black kids were like, "You're a sellout. You talk white." They would laugh at the way I talked. They would tell me that I couldn't hang out with them because of the way I talked. I'll never forget a kid telling me that I was a sellout. Okay, I tried my best to fit in with them. I didn't fit in. I felt un- unaccepted. So I just stuck to white people because at the very least, yeah, I had to lie a bit to hang out with the white kids. But the white kids never judged me for the way I spoke. I get to middle school and the classes are a bit more diverse. I'm still in the what they call it now. Now it's like the honors program, right? So I'm still with the kids that are... I don't even know what separates, I guess, um, learn at a more accelerated rate than everyone else type of thing. That's what it is, right? So I'm still with the honors kids, um, still predominantly white environment, but there are more black kids integrated into these classrooms. And besides all that, you we have the electives. So you get to hang out or you get to be in classes with other, I got to be in classes with other minorities, other races outside of just white people. I finally started to make black friends. This in middle school is when I meet Brianna. In middle school is when I, and Brianna already had her friend group. And so I was kind of, I kind of, she kind of like integrated me into her friend group, right? So I get to hanging out with her and her friends. And I think this is when I began to start dumbing myself down. No shade to black people, but for the longest time, I was always made fun of for the way I spoke. So when I started hanging around black people, I started to <laughs> assimilate and adopt the cult, um, excuse me, adopt the language that they were speaking, which is Ebonics. Um, y'all know I speak in Ebonics a lot on this podcast. There's nothing wrong with it. That's just not how I grew up speaking. And so the only reason I speak in Ebonics is because I felt like I had to, to fit in. Um, okay, so I'm speaking in Ebonics. I'm dumbing myself down. And I remember I used to correct them. Like whenever I would hear someone say ax, I would be like, no, it's ask. Or if they use the wrong word in a sentence, I would correct them. And I remember one of the girls in the, the friend group was like, you think you're better than everyone else. And I thought to myself, like, no, I don't think I'm better than everyone else. This is just how you speak the language. But okay, I learned in that instance, if I want to hang out with these girls, I got to be like these girls. I can't correct these girls. I got to let go of the intelligence that I have. Dumb myself down. All right, so again, I'm trying to fit in. 
was speaking in Ebonics, acting like I don't know certain things, skipping school. I started to just do shit that I didn't, that I just knew I shouldn't have been doing, but I was doing, not even skipping school, just skipping class, like walking around, going to the bathroom, skipping class in the bathroom, skipping class and sitting in other classes, going to wherever the subs are, hiding out in stairwells, doing shit that I shouldn't have did just to fit in. I was such a lost soul in middle school. I was so lost. I have, I can remember that I took this one course. I took woodshop. I took woodshop because my older brother took woodshop. And um, in my woodshop class, there's this, there were two guys. I remember one of the guys, like I had like a little fake crush on. And then there was another guy that would hang around the guy that I had a crush on, right? So I was hanging around the those two guys or those those are like the people that I sat next to in the class and one of the guys we'll call him Samson Samson would be nice sometimes but he would literally punch me this is so embarrassing to say we calling him Samson because them hits was as hard as Samson's hits probably were y'all know Samson in the bible strongest man out right this kid was hitting me all the time like using me as his punching bag and I think part of me was afraid to speak up to defend myself. Part of me wanted to fit in and and not be seen as like weak or I think a lot of it had to do with me growing up with guys. And when they hit you, you don't go snitch. You don't complain. You just eat the hit. And I allowed that to transfer from home to school. And then I also tell you, I come from a Christian home. You're supposed to turn the left cheek, not fight back. I think there are a lot of factors that played into why I did not defend myself. But for the longest time, I was just letting him hit me, hit me, hit me, hit me, hit me until I mean, so I'm saying all that to say I was so pressed to fit in. So pressed to fit in with black people, I think. I just didn't I just didn't know where I fit in. Where I fit in at the time. And I just I didn't realize that I can be me regardless of who likes it. Okay. So this guy's hitting me all throughout the school year. I remember finally one day, months down the line, I don't know if he punched me or he was getting ready to punch me, but I had enough and I spazzed and I was like, Don't put your hands on me. I'm tired of that. Da, 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 da. And um, the teacher comes up to me and he's like, I've been waiting all school year for you to defend yourself. You've been letting that kid hit on you. In the back of my mind, I'm thinking, if you noticed this guy was hitting on me, why didn't you say anything? And then one of the guys that I went to elementary school with, one of the white guys, he was like, yeah, I used to let him hit on you. And I would just be wondering, why is she letting that happen? And um, I don't know. I was just so proud for reclaiming my freaking independence and defending myself and not being so pressed to fit in in that moment. I said that and he never hit at me again. It was towards the end of the year, so I should have spoke up earlier. But anyways, all in all, I'm just doing a lot of shit to fit in. The fit in behavior translates and transfers to high school. And this is where I start. There was just no confidence is the reason why I'm sharing this story. I don't know why I decided to tell you guys this story, but when I was listening to Charlamagne, I was like, oh my God, Constance, you've come such a long way to the point where there was just not a confident bone in my body. Whether or not I was becoming comfort- comfortable with my physical appearance, it was beyond that. I was doing so much to fit in, so much to be seen, so much to be accepted. I was doing so much that I wasn't even Constance anymore. I get to high school, I'm still doing bad shit, not going to class, skipping, fighting, doing all of these things, copying what I see. I'm not even trying to finger point at anybody that I copy because it's me trying to fit in. I was my own problem. I remember teachers used to pull me to the side and be like, Constance, like you, my science teacher in specific, her name was Miss Weech. I did not like Miss Weech because I felt like she was on my case, but she was a black woman and she was a black woman and I think she was from the Caribbean's, Caribbean island. She had a thick accent. 
Um, I think she identified that like Constance, first of all, I'm still in honors classes. So I think she saw, okay, Constance is a smart person, but she's hanging out with all of these people that are taking her down the wrong path or she's trying to fit in with these people. She was always calling my dad. That would piss me off because my dad would give me lectures and lectures and lectures and lectures. And I just didn't like that. But now looking back in hindsight, I do realize that she was just looking out for me and she wanted the best for me. Shout out to the teachers, man. I mean, they do look out for kids. Okay. Especially black teachers, like black teachers always taking black kids under their wing, no matter the approach, they always doing that. Okay. So I was just skipping. That teacher was always on my case. I didn't like that teacher. I did. High school me was probably the worst version of me because I was just so pressed to to fit in. Not even I was so pressed because of middle school and I was fitting in. I adopted that behavior and I just completely transformed into a person that I couldn't recognize anymore. I always talk to you guys about it. Um, I didn't start reverting back to who I am until that one day I told you guys I got jumped. I feel like I rushed through a lot of stuff. I'll probably come back another day and talk about it. But this story is just about me trying to fit in and just not even knowing myself. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't think I began truly being conscious until I got jumped by those girls. I told you I got jumped really bad and my eye was um, fucked up. That was the day that I was like, okay, well, you know what? I'm not going to try to be anybody anymore. I'm just going to try to be me. And I didn't even really have the option because I went into such a depressive state. Like I was so upset and sad about what happened and how I felt alone and how I just, I was just so upset with my life that I kind of fell back and started keeping to myself. After that fight, I stopped really fucking with people, stopped really going to school. I just started doing me. I, I remember I would, the few times I would go to school, I would go to school and I would go straight to work. I would go home and hang out with my friends. I wasn't really talking to anybody. Um, I didn't even speak about this along the way. Y'all remember I had the white friends along the way. I lost them. I think everybody started to realize everybody that I was cool with started to realize like okay, Constance is going down this bad path. And it's not that because I was hanging out with black people, I was going down a bad path. It's just that I was no longer staying true to me. But the reality of it is I was never even true to me because I was always, um, trying to be someone, you know, I talked to you guys about constantly wanting to reinvent yourself or not even constantly wanting to reinvent yourself. That's not what I meant to say. Although that's the thing too. I was constantly going through a phase where I was trying to live up to people's expectation of me, but I hadn't even discovered who I was. I didn't know who I was for the longest time. And so I was just allowing people to define me. And so when I got to college and I decided, okay, this is the time that I'm going to reinvent myself and be someone new. That's when I finally really started walking in my purpose. Like prior to college, I was thinking about it. I'm like, okay, I'm abandoning some old ways. I stopped fighting, stopped arguing, stopped doing all of the trying to prove myself, right? When I get to college, I was like, you know what? I'm done. I'm going to just really be me. And um, y'all know the rest of the story. Here I am today. I don't know what why I took you guys down that long story. I hope it made sense, but I'm so glad to see that I've changed and it's amazing to see the change and it's amazing to see who I once was and see who I am now. And I just know young me will be so proud of me. Um, I think I buried all those memories because, excuse me, memories because it was so embarrassing. It's so embarrassing to not be yourself. That's like the worst thing you can do for yourself to try to please people, to try to make other people happy, to try to fit in and fitting in sounds like something that you only do in school, elementary school and high school. But I think you can really try to bully yourself into fitting in with, I mean, even at work, like I just think the, I think 
this year especially, it's becoming, or excuse me, this year especially, the importance of being authentic to yourself is becoming more and more apparent to me. There's beauty in being authentically you. There's beauty in loving who you are, regardless of who likes it. I feel like life is so much easier when you are just you. And yeah, granted, there may be people that don't accept it, but I think that's a part of life. And I think that was something that I was struggling to accept. I felt like I really wanted to be liked. I think I was just tired of not being liked. I was tired of being made fun of. I was tired of not fitting in. I was tired of just not knowing who I was. And so I allowed other people to mold me. And I'm so blessed that I grew out of that because I don't know where it would have taken me. Um, a lot of the friends that I used to have, no shade to them. I don't know where they are, but like, they're just not. Let me just say, I'm very glad that God separated me from them. I'm glad that I've gone through this change. And I don't even know where I'm trying to go and what I'm trying to, not like where I'm trying to go in life, but I don't even know where I'm trying to go with, with this. I just felt like it was on my heart to share it with you guys. So I'm sharing it with you guys. Um, let's do a brief intermission because I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> We're going to do a brief intermission. We'll come back. We'll talk more shit, okay? Run the brief intermission. If you're still here, that means you fuck with today's episode. So if you need advice, call in, all right? 240-587-3186. Call in, leave me a voicemail, and I'll address it in the next episode. Again, the number is 240-587-3186. Before we get back into the episode, make sure you like, comment, and subscribe if you are watching this on YouTube. And if you're tuned in on podcast streaming platforms, make sure you leave a review and a rating. All right, let's head back into today's episode. All right, what's up, guys? I am back, as you can see. And honestly, I I am not regretful about the journey that I've gone through. Like, this is my journey. This is, this is what makes me me. And all of the times that I wasn't being me is what brought me to being me. And, and the speaking in Ebonics and the dumbing myself down and the the lying to fit in and all of those efforts I've made to fit in allowed me to find out who I was eventually. So I'm not upset about it. You know, I'm glad that, that these memories have resurfaced <laughs> and I can revisit them because again, it makes me so grateful for where I am today. As I was listening to the playback, I remembered that there would be instances where life would be trying to reveal to me that Constance, you are a leader. Um, so I talk about me following people and, and trying to fit in. But when I finally got into these groups, I did show who I was in elementary school, even when hanging out with hanging out with the white girls. My dad used to get a lot of calls from the teachers. Y'all won't believe what they used to call my teacher, what they used to call my dad and say. They used to call my dad at elementary school and say that Constance is the queen bee. That was my problem. Yeah, I talked a lot, but it's not that I was beating kids up, cussing them out, not going to school. It's not, this is elementary school. It's not that I was being a bully. My problem was Constance is the queen bee, the leader of the clique. I never formed cliques. I didn't care to have cliques. I just was cool naturally and people flocked towards it. And so people will flock towards it and other people will try to flock towards it. And I ain't trying to blame them other girls, but it's the other girls that wasn't letting them hang out with the group. Not me. I ain't really care who hung out with the group because I wasn't worried about the group. I was just doing me. So anyways, that was the main complaint about Constance in elementary school. Constance is the queen bee. They used to pull me out to the side and make me do peer mediation with some of the girls. Peer mediation is like 
I don't even know. Permeation is so stupid now that I think about it. They would have like upperclassmen students. Mind you, we're still in, in elementary school. So maybe like fifth or sixth graders sitting down with third and fourth graders to talk about the problems students are having with students. But again, I wasn't having any problems. I was just likable. The main point here is life had been trying to show me all along that I was a leader. So I was walking in my leader purpose and then all of a sudden I get to middle school. I want to hang out with black kids. I'm like, okay, let me revert back to this trying to fit in character. So try to fit in. I get into the group. I used to have, it wasn't beef, but there was low-key tension with me and one of the girls in the group. Uh, I remember she used to say things that would really rub me the wrong way. One time, one of my friends at the time, she would say things like, sorry, I just drew a blank. She would say things like, um, I made you. Her saying that she made me. I don't really know how she came to that conclusion, but I think, I don't even know what rubbed her the wrong way. I think it was just me being comfortable and confident in the space that I was in, if that makes sense. So even though I was following, like I said, when I got into the group, I would just chill and be me. It wasn't like too much of trying to stay in the group. I wasn't trying to have, like, I wasn't trying to prove to them that I was worthy of staying in the group. Once I got in the group, it was just, this is who I am. Even though who I was was molded by the things that I copied to get into the group. By that point, that person was me, if that makes sense. Anyway, she would say things like, oh, I made you. Or I think that there was deep down, I don't know what it was. That was a friend that I felt like, you know, they talk about people not like an enemy. Like you got a close friend, but they don't like you deep down. I feel like that's the friendship that I had with this friend. I don't necessarily know what the beef was. Um, I had a lot of love for her. Definitely did. I'm sure she had a lot of love for me too, but there's probably something within her that was like, I can't stand Constance. And I think it was that leader me poking through. I don't know. I might be projecting, but just different instances that I can remember in which I was walking in my leader purpose, but then I would fall back and, and try to fit in. Um, even when I got to doing drugs, like I said, I come from a family that is not into drugs and things like that, but it was definitely me just doing what people were doing to fit in. I remember there was a point in time in elementary school, one of the kids was like, I'm probably going to do drugs because everyone does them, you know? And I remember thinking to myself, everyone doesn't do them. I'm not going to do them. This is elementary school. And then I get to high school and I'm like, all right, pass me the blunt, pass me this, pass me that. Um, it's just amazing who I was and who I am now. That is all that I can say. That's all I can keep uttering my lips to say. Life is such a journey. I appreciate you guys for listening to my story. I wonder if any of you guys can relate. Uh, hopefully everybody is walking in their purpose and being who they are. If you haven't yet, whether it be at work or whether it be in trying to impress the person you're dating or whether it be in even trying to impress your parents. I mean, I think I've said it several times before. People are going to have this expectation of you. It does not mean that you have to live up to it. And it's always better that you are yourself so that at the end of the day, you know that you are who you are and you don't have to live up to anything to be a part of anything. And that when you do get invited to things or when you are a part of things, you know that you are who you are and you can continue to be who you are because you are where you are because you are who you are. And it's not that you did something to prove to someone that you're worthy of this spot. You are in the spot because you deserve the spot. Your true self deserves the spot. I said a lot of yous and who's and we's and do's, but I think y'all understood what I meant in that sense. Just be yourself. And that is what this book, um, 
that I'm reading Black Privilege by Charlamagne the God. That's that's what this book is is slowly communicating to me. And I already knew to do it. Life is like I said, it's been showing me the importance of being yourself. But this book is reiterating it. I'm still going deep into it. I'm wondering if we're gonna do a Cliff Notes, the Constance Way on this book. I haven't been taking notes. I might just because there are some valuable things in it, and it's so amazing. I didn't think that. The only thing I thought that me and Charlamagne the God had in common was the fact that we had radio careers. And I was really just listening to it. I choose books like this. I choose books about people in the entertainment industry because it's a reminder that I can't get to where I want to get to. I don't believe in letting my circumstance define my end goal and destination, right? And so when I read these books and I hear that someone came from nothing and there's now something that just tells me that I can be something or I will be something and that's the only reason I chose this book and I'm listening to his story and I'm just relating and resonating. A lot of his story is resonating with me and I never would have thought in a million years that we had the same type of story. This again brings me to the importance of sharing your story because we're all going through the same shit. And when you hear how someone else was able to overcome some shit, it reminds you that you can overcome it. It lets you know that you can overcome it. It lets you know that you're capable of overcoming it. And it reminds you that you are not alone. I think a lot of us go about life like, <clears throat> excuse me I think a lot of us go about life as if we have to do it ourselves as if this life thing is a solo dolo thing and it is I mean you know you live your own life you are the main character in your life but at the end of the day there are people and there are stories that can help you get through what you're going through people experience things and those experiences can help you get through those things your experiences can help someone else get through those things um we're all a part of someone else and it's not just your purpose or, or your talent that's that's guiding someone else. It's not just your dream that is assisting someone else. Your experiences, even the small, minute, minuscule experiences can contribute to someone else. They can help someone else in another way. So I hope that this story helps somebody. <laughs> Again, I'm like, I don't know why I shared it with y'all, but hopefully it's helpful. Let's go ahead and just do an advice column submission. We're not going into the blow, okay? We're going to do an advice column submission. Of course, it's from Reddit. If you guys need advice, please feel free to call. Ooh, hold up. If you guys need advice, please feel free to call 240-587-3186. You can also click the link down below in the description box or click the link in my Instagram bio, I Supplied. That will take you to my advice column and there you can leave an anonymous submission. All right. I address all submissions here on this podcast and here on the next episode is where I will give you advice. Today's advice column submission reads, Dear Constance, so I live with roommates and I'm the only one with EBT. They want me to use my EBT to pay for all the groceries and not pay me back. Since it's government money and not cash, should I make them pay me back or not? They're constantly saying it's EBT, so I shouldn't have to. I think your EBT is your EBT. You ain't got to share that with nobody. You can share that with somebody if you want to, but you don't have to. And you don't have to buy everybody groceries. Yeah, that's how I feel. You can if you want to, but you are not obligated to. And I feel like if you if your requirements are when you buy the EBT, they pay you money back then those are your requirements. Stand firm on whatever your requirements are. If you want to buy the groceries with the EBT out of the goodness of your heart and not expect any money back, then so be it. But you get to decide what the parameters are after you've used your EBT. But again, you ain't required to use your EBT. If they want EBT, they need to go apply for EBT. And if EBT ain't a part of their story, EBT ain't a part of their story. Life moves the fuck on. So hopefully that is some good advice. If you guys have advice for this person, leave them down below in the comment section. If you guys have any stories about fitting in, leave them down below in the comment section or call me. I want to hear y'all stories. I want to hear about what y'all have been going through. This is an open space. Please feel free to share. Um, yeah, y'all, we're going to end today's podcast. Oh, actually, okay, let's do a let's get deep because I got the cards right here. We're going to do one let's get deep. 
do 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 Randomly picking one for those that can't see. This one reads, what's your funniest story from work? In one of the episodes, you guys heard that I was working with Brianna at a dry cleaners. We worked at a, um, a dry cleaners in high school. That was the hot and popping place to work. Everyone worked at that dry cleaners. And one day, me, Brianna, and a friend of ours, we all worked the same shift. Now, if you've ever worked with your best friend at work, you know, you just can't get, you get shit done, but everything's a joke. First of all, with me and Brianna, we don't have to talk to communicate that we've seen some funny shit. We look at each other. We signal and we know that we both peep the same thing. Another thing about best friends is cool is because like y'all have the same sense of humor. So what's funny to me is funny to her and we don't have to explain why it's funny. We just get it. I don't know how we both have the same sense of humor, but we just do. Okay. So we're at work. <laughs> we told you guys we hated our boss, right? Our boss, we hated our, I hated our boss primarily because he just did not care about us. The box, that's the, we worked in damn near a box. It was hot as shit, no AC, no water to drink, nothing. He didn't take care of us. One day, somebody comes into the dry cleaners and they're like, oh, this is really dangerous. You should put some a diff some different flooring right here because uh, you guys can slip and fall. And the boss walks over like he cares. You know how people be faking like they care about shit, but they don't really care. He walks over and he's like, oh, wow, really? Let me see what you're talking about. Knowing damn well he ain't going to change up the flooring at all, period. Anyways, he walks over. He slips and falls and busts his ass. Brianna, myself, and the other um, coworker that we had that we were really close with, we all looked at each other and we just busted out laughing. We all had to bend down beneath our... Um, <laughs> we bent down beneath our cash registers to get the laugh out. And it was just hilarious fucking hilarious that's the funniest work story i've ever had i think i'm pretty sure that's the funniest if i ever come up with another one i'm sure i'll share it with you guys i want to know y'all's funniest work stories leave them down below in the comment section if you guys love today's episode if you like today's episode if you fucked with today's episode leave me a review and a rating after today's show head on over to apple podcast on your phone this is for iphone users leave me a review and a rating you can probably leave me a review if you have an i if you have an android if you just visit applepodcast.com i don't know about that though figure that out search for constant the podcast leave me a review and a rating you guys rock i love you guys Ooh, we are in march or excuse me we're in may this is may 3rd what are my goals for this month i know i have one that i don't want to share because it's a personal goal i do want to get employed by the end of this month if if yes if that be a part of my life plan god let me get a job because I want some things that I can't pay for right now. And so I would love to have money to pay for them. Right now, all of my money is going towards like important things. And so I just need some spending money. So I need a job. I feel like I need a job. Maybe God will make something shake. I've been getting money from random places lately, which is great too. But it's just been enough to do what I needed to do in life. Not necessarily like to go and do more. Um, not that I need to do more. I'm grateful for the situation that I have. Very blessed for the money that's coming from random directions. Very blessed for the money that I have that's doing things. But I would like a job. So I've gotten back into applying for jobs. I'm still trying to get the 15 reviews and ratings. Still trying to get that. Uh, we hit 400 on Instagram. 400 followers. I'd love to see that number go up to 500. I would love to see TikTok go up to 3,000. I think I'm at 2,500, something like that. So just have the numbers keep on going up. I'm going to continue to keep on podcasting. Uh, definitely want to have another month vlog by the end of this month. I think those are my goals. Uh, yeah, th that's where I'm at right now. 
I love you guys. I appreciate you guys. Follow me on Instagram at Constance the Pod. Follow me on TikTok at Constance the Pod. Follow my personal pages at Black Mocha, B-L-A-C-K-M-0-C-H-A. Ooh. Follow me on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Pinterest. I said ooh because I'm like, we haven't did a bitch. Did you see that tweet? Bitch, did you see the Met Gala looks? The Met Gala looks were given. Last night, I got on my personal Instagram live. That's what I'm saying. Y'all follow me on Instagram. I got on my personal live and I did some Met Gala look ratings. I was a little um timid about doing it i was very timid i was very hesitant mostly because i don't want to say anything about any celebrity seeing as though i'm going to be walking in that space sooner or later and i don't want to create any bad blood before i get into the space also i just don't need to be saying negative shit about anyone period um so i was it was cool to practice my ability and speaking about looks without having to say anything negative about them i think everybody looked beautiful the best met gala look was lizzo hands down i don't care what anybody else did met uh lizzo's met gala look was the Gilded Age. It definitely gave Queen. It definitely gave everybody bow down. Everybody else did what they could do. Cardi B looked amazing. No, you know, you cannot deny that. She looked absolutely stunning. It just didn't give Gilded Age the way Lizzo gave Gilded Age. Ooh, Lizzo ate the girls up with that robe. It was just elegant. It was royal. It was sexy. It was classy. It was it was modest, but it was it. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I really love Chloe Bailey's neck piece. I used the word exquisite on yesterday's live. I thought it was exquisite. I loved the gold. I loved it all. I loved the fascinator hats on everybody outfit that had a fascinator hat. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. Met Gala. I always enjoy watching, looking at the Met Gala looks because I know one day I'm going to be invited to the Met Gala. And... As much shit as I talk or as much as I say about them looks, I got to make sure I am dressed the fuck down. But I think everybody did what they could do. Everybody did their best. Everybody looked their best. I don't know why the Met Gala gives themes because nobody's ever following the theme. It could have been Gilded Age. It could have been motherfucking Storybook. It could have been anything and they would have just dressed however they wanted to dress. Met Gala needs to say just come best dressed, like best dressed award. That's just all it needs to be because at this point, the themes just, they, they're not living up to the themes. They don't even want to live up to the themes and that's okay. So just remove the themes altogether. Ooh, excuse me. I think now they also trying to. They fucking around with the abortion laws. I don't know why the Supreme Court is sitting around making up laws to prevent people from getting abortions. I get it. Everybody has their their belief. Everybody has their values, their morals, whatever. But you just don't get to decide what people get to do with their body. They out here saying no abortion, but by all means, go get plastic surgery, go get BBLs. Like, why aren't BBLs fucking illegal? I don't think either should be illegal, but I'm just trying to figure out how they decided that abortion is the one that gets the that gets canceled. So they're working on that. I don't know if that's finalized. You know, I ain't no news source. Y'all get on Google, y'all do y'all research, but I did hear that they're trying to overturn, override um, one of them cases. I ain't politically correct. Don't watch this show to be politically correct. I'm telling y'all now, this is just what I heard. I am pro, do whatever you want to do with your body, however you want to do it, whenever you want to do it, but please do it safely. And I feel like the Supreme Court doesn't realize that people will go do the shit however they want to do the shit, the way they was doing the shit before legal before there was a legal way to get babies taken out of you. They just don't care because that shit doesn't affect them. They do not care because that shit does not affect them. And that's a tragedy too. They put old ass people in the Supreme Court, people that don't need abortions, people that don't care about that shit. Like that shit is so, I'm pro-choice, okay? Get it done, don't get it done, get it however you want to get it. 
but make sure you're doing it the right, safe, healthy, and legal way. Uh, what else happened on on the internet? I ain't got nothing else to say. Listen to this podcast. Leave me my review and my rating. I love you guys. I appreciate you guys. This is a visual podcast. If you need, I was going to say if you need advice. We already said that. If you want to watch this on the go, you can definitely do so by visiting Constance the Podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you want to see what I look like and you listen on podcast streaming platforms, please, please, please head on over to YouTube and search for Constance the Podcast. I love you guys. I appreciate you guys. Ooh, it's the end of the show, but I'm going to still show you all my look. I have on this cute, um, what you call it? This cute, like, I don't even know what to call it. Button down shirt. It just has some red, black, and gold print. And I got a black jacket. I got black shorts on it. I just have my Birks, my Birkenstock slides, and gold jewelry, and my beautiful icy blonde hair. Okay, you guys, I'll see you in tomorrow's episode. Peace.